Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. WrestlingInc.com brings you two-faced wrestling talk. The podcast that goes beyond WWE and goes in depth on NJPW, AEW, ROH, PWG, and more. Also featuring fun pop culture and wrestling crossovers, listener Q&As, and extended discussions about wrestling topics past, present, and future. Now, here's your host, Kelsey. Hi, and welcome to Two-Face Wrestling Talk. I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, Paul. And as you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, we are not in front of our normal set. We're at the Fairfield Inn in Peachtree City, Georgia. I'm actually covering the Sunbelt Conference uh, tennis tournament this week. So, because I'm working on the road, she's decided to join me. We're going to catch an Atlanta United game on Saturday, but... Uh, we still can take our wrestling discussion on the road, so we're fine. That's how serious we are. Right. Bringing you wrestling discussion no matter where we are. And no matter where you are, we appreciate you listening and watching if you're watching on YouTube. But because we're on the road, Kelsey does not have a St. Arnold's, but she does have Bird Dog Whiskey. That's probably in flavored, and she's going to do a swig of that. No. <laughs> come, no. Come it's you, ridiculous. Let's no. see you do a swig of whiskey. It smells like pancakes, even though it's proline flavored, apparently. Pancakes. And for, and for those of you not from Louisiana, it's also known as pralines. But in I've Louis- never, ever heard anyone call it pralines. Well, you you're... ain't from my, my town. You don't know nothing, man. Well, that's what I'm saying. In New Orleans, they're it's pralines. pralines, yeah. And much of the rest of the United States is pralines. But oh, God. I don't fine. know anyone who says that. All right, yes, swig because away. you've never been outside of New Orleans. I actually have. We're outside of New Orleans right now. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I'm going to swig it. Yes, it swig smells it. so weird. How is it? Let's, let's have a... <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Mm. It's pretty tasty. Of course, I've just got regular whiskey and Diet Coke. All right. Now, enough of the drinking <laughs> discussion. Kelsey may already be drunk, so. I don't know. I had half. Wait, you don't know. All right. Let's hurry up and get into the wrestling discussion before we go farther down the wormhole. I'm tired. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was in the sun shooting tennis all day today, so I'm even more tired. But Wrestling. All right. Let's start with some uh, promoting, uh, super kicking it, because there's lots of good stuff upcoming and good stuff that you just did. And I wouldn't say it was good, but it, check me out. It was good. I spent a lot of time and effort on my latest Kelsey Likes video. It was all about Seinfeld, which in my opinion is probably the best 90s television show, because it was really revolutionary for its time, and it changed the way TV, especially sitcoms specifically, were done. It um, also challenged the idea of political correctness and, um, I don't know, it broke taboo after taboo. And that's just one of the many things I talked about in my latest Kelsey Likes video. However, the audio was a little 
well, a lot echoey. So if you can get past that, I've got a blog post on my Twitter. You could find the link at superkickingit, S-U-P-E-R-K-I-C-K-I-N-G-I-T. So the blog post not only has the video with the echoey audio, but hopefully you can get past that, check it out. But it also has the description in text form of what I talked about. And and she's overstating the audio. It was... It's not ideal, but it wasn't that bad. It was. It bothers me. When the graph, if you're watching it, when the graphic is up, for some reason it's perfect, and then when the graphic's not there, it's echoey. But it's not like you can't make out what she says. It was good discussion, so definitely check it out. But also coming up this week, you've got your newest episode of Either Or <laughs> that you this, helped me just come up with. And this is ridiculous, but it is. but it, it is great. So Either Or, as you guys have heard us talk about, if you're you know multi-time listeners. It's where I have to choose between two things I really, really love. Haven't done music yet, so this time, Paul proposed I, I pick between two of my favorite bands, NSYNC, which I grew up loving NSYNC, my favorite band when I was like eight years old, and Rush. I love Rush a lot. I've seen them in concert, and I don't know. They're a great band, of course, and Paul actually doesn't really like them, which is weird. <laughs> but I would choose Rush over NSYNC. Whatever. <laughs> so, but... It should make for a fascinating discussion. Make sure you check her out there. Of course, you can catch us at Two Faced on or at Two Faced Pod on Twitter and twofacepod.com to find all the listening platforms and where to find our show each week. Yep, it's at T W O F A C E D P O D. But now it's time for the latest wrestling news, discussions, and topics. It is time for headlines. So kind of a light week. Uh, we didn't get around to watching uh, Ring of Iron Masters of the Craft yet. Uh, so it, it's pretty much only WWE discussion here in the first block. And, you know, you mentioned Seinfeld a little while ago. You know what could be? A, it seems like it could be a Kramer-themed thing. What? The Viking experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does sound like something Kramer would All right, so, dream up. So if you don't... Schemes. So if you don't know, and I'm sure you do by now, that the Superstar Shake-Up has come, and Raw featured the debut of the War Raiders. And it was great, except they're not the War Raiders. They're now called the Viking Experience, and I think you threw up a little when you when you saw it. <laughs> I hate it. I loathe it. I, I really just dislike it in every way. And I just can't say enough how much I ate it. And I know that's really harsh, but it just sounds ridiculous. In fact, I said it sounds more like some kind of ridiculous themed event like medieval times, like a right. restaurant. Let's go and check out the Viking experience at Walt Disney World. That's what I that's the first thing I said was it's something like you would hear of at Epcot. And look, we're not alone in our hatred of this. Twitter went crazy when this came out, and a lot of people tagged you because they know you love and I love the War Machine slash now War Raiders, which we didn't love War Raiders. The but, name. But it was okay. Yeah. This is ridiculous. And, you know, I, the first thing I thought of, and a lot of people have had some creative memes and stuff on Twitter, what could Triple H have possibly been thinking as, as Vince propose that they be called the viking experience you know triple h you know builds these guys up in nxt you know after they were already huge on the independent scene and look they changed their name to the viking experience and the crowd is still chanting war as they come out yeah so all of it is just so terrible and so ridiculous and i don't 
I just don't get it. I I don't get why they've got it. I mean, it's one thing to change some names every now and then, which I don't really get anyways. But you know, some of them are okay. These this is ridiculous. You know, I think people tagged me on on the whole name change thing because we've been vocal on our podcast, especially specifically me. I've been vocal about how. I always liked the name War Machine better than War Raiders. Mm-hmm. And I, I used to say, they'll always be War Machine to me. So I didn't think I could like a name less. <laughs> but now the Viking experience, really anything is better than that. So War Raiders, yeah, I would take that in a heartbeat over the Viking experience. I don't understand. It doesn't make them seem tough. It makes them, to me, seem kind of like a joke. And it sucks because the wrestlers themselves are, are two of my favorite guys and definitely one of my favorite tag teams as a whole. It's just, it's not going to do them any favors getting over on the main roster. It's a ridiculous name. And you can't even chant it. That's what we were saying. How do you even chant it? Viking experience. Viking experience. Or just even if you say Viking over and over. Or experience. How about, (laughs) it's weird. We we haven't even gotten to the dumbest part. That Eric Hansen is now called Ivar. Raymond Rowe is now called Eric. Why isn't Eric called Eric? I don't know. I don't understand. Weird. Like, at first I'm like, oh, Michael Cole messed that up. And then I'm like, no, that's what their names are. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. It is awful. And I it, wonder how they feel about it personally. Oh, like, I'm to... sure they're not voicing their opinion at all. And they're just going with the flow, oh, happy I... to be promoted. But I'm sure they're having a big Viking beer somewhere going, what the... You know, H. <laughs> or maybe they're just happy to be on the main roster. Well, I guess. And look, I, I don't know. I don't look, know. I, you know, when they first came out, after, and and they had already announced that Ricochet and Aleister Black were going to be on Raw, and then later the Usos are going to be on Raw, I'm like, wow. Tag team division on Raw, suddenly a lot better, you know, considering that Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins are, are the champs right now. Suddenly there's a little more depth in the pool, although... Now it's getting less and less in NXT, though. Right, yeah, which is a is is a really interesting discussion too. Is they're gonna really have to start pushing guys in NXT? Street Profits are gonna have to step up. Forgotten Sons, you know, uh, Oni Larkin and uh, Birch, you know. So I mean, that part is interesting too. But again, I still think they ought to combine the tag teams into one division. Period. But that part was interesting on Raw. You know, as far as the shakeup itself, I, I mean, I thought obviously the most interesting thing was AJ Styles and Miz going to the Raw, going to Raw, and uh, you know, AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins down the road is a is a dream match. I mean, that should be fantastic. Yeah, I mean that that'll be really great. But you know, something about the shakeup, I actually don't like the execution of it. If you remember the first year, the first year they brought it back. They made a big deal about it, and they had almost like kind of like an official draft where someone came up to like a podium. Mm-hmm. I know that's a little corny, but at least like you are sure of who's on what show. I kind of liked it better. It felt like a big deal when they first did it that way. To me, when they had the draft this year on both brands, it kind of just felt like another episode of the show. Like regular matches, the only difference was sometimes a wrestler would appear that wouldn't usually be on that brand, of course. So to me, I like it more when it's like, we're taking whoever to Raw. We're taking whoever to SmackDown. Because I know it is a little corny, but at least it's kind of like definitive and fun. And it kind of makes things a little different in terms of the show seems more unusual and a little different than just a normal Raw or SmackDown. That's just my opinion. 
I wanted to get your thoughts. Uh, two two hundred five live guys were both promoted: Cedric Alexander to Raw, Buddy Murphy to SmackDown. Are they just going to get lost in the shuffle, or do you see them getting a legitimate push? I don't see a lot of people getting a push. I feel like a lot of people on the roster, on the main roster specifically, will get lost in the shuffle. They're signing people left and right, NXT and on the main roster, bringing people up. It's just there's not enough time and room for everyone. I just don't get the constant acquisition of people to which they don't fully utilize. Now, the landscape of wrestling is changing to where wrestlers are deciding to leave. Like, we just saw Luke Harper tweet that he asked for his release from WWE. I think that's a great move. Some people are upset. I saw tweets with, like, sad faces. I'm happy. He wasn't being used. Mm. He's a world-class great wrestler. He will be valued somewhere else, and he will be used. So I think WWE has to be careful, although they're gaining people and a lot of great names and a lot of great talent. And their ro- roster, technically, to me, is more stacked than it's ever been. Absolutely. All those facts are true. But if they don't utilize these people, the wrestlers eventually will be like, what the heck? I can do more than this, and I can go somewhere else and get more time on TV or more time on the card or a higher-up place on the card, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I think they have to watch out and actually start thinking how they can utilize these people. I don't see, you know, Cedric Alexander getting a ton of time on on whatever brand he's on. I just don't see it. And I love Cedric Alexander. I mean, yeah. I, I remember when they teased him signing when he was a part of the Cruiserweight Classic. I just wanted him to sign, and then he did, and I just wish he was more prominent. I do, too. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I did think some of the interesting things on the shakeup were on SmackDown with what they did with the ladies, with uh, Ember Moon going to SmackDown, Bailey going to SmackDown. Of course, Bailey's <laughs> partner... Sasha Banks has been in the news this week on did she ask for a release? Have they told her to take a vacation, think things over? Apparently she wasn't happy about dropping the belt so quickly and the fact that Bailey was going to go to SmackDown. And something else that people um, have been talking about involving Sasha Banks is people are upset that Sasha Banks has voiced her concerns. Some people are like, just deal with it, whatever. But the Revival asked for their... Well, there's rumors that the Revival want to leave, and no one's saying, oh, like, they should stop whining, they should deal with it. No one's saying that about them. They're like, oh, good for them. They they maybe should leave because they could be utilized elsewhere. I really think that Sasha Banks is a great talent, and I don't think people should say that she's whining. It sucks to be underutilized. I mean, I'm not even a wrestler, but, like, sometimes I feel like I could even be more utilized in wrestling coverage in that aspect. So, to me... I, I get where she's coming from. It sucks to not be used to your full potential when you've got this desire and this drive inside of you. And I like that Sasha Banks has such a deep desire to succeed. She's not okay with the status quo. People, if anything, should admire that. Because that's a great trait to have. This is a wrestler who's not just okay with whittling away in the mid card she wants to be something she wants to always do her best and feel like she's living her dream i I admire that honestly i do too and uh it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening with sasha banks uh the other interesting move on the women's side was uh Paige announced that she was going to have a new tag team and i thought maybe it was going to be uh tony storm coming over from nxt uk but instead asuka and Kyrie Sane are now going to be a tag team, and I, I like this tag team together a lot. And it kind of gives Asuka some new juice, hopefully, for maybe a tag team title run. 
I'm surprised it's not EO and Kyrie, yeah. but I'm thinking then that means that EO is going to get a singles push big time in NXT. Yeah, because so, she's the only one that hasn't had a, a singles match against Shayna Baszler. Yeah, and I'm thinking she could easily take the belt. Not easily, but you know what I'm saying. They could easily decide <laughs> to have her win the belt from Baszler, especially if they're thinking about promoting Baszler eventually. So all of this could play out, but it makes sense for Kyrie to be with Asuka, and maybe this will elevate Asuka again, because Kyrie is really over, and I think she's wonderful. Her elbow is incredible. I mean, that elbow on SmackDown was just beautiful. <laughs> so high up in the air. Um, I think it's a good move, and it might be one of the only things I actually really loved about the superstar shakeup. Of course, you mentioned Kyrie Sane's elbow. It may not be the same after her uh, last match on NXT this week. Uh, her farewell match where she was getting one last chance at Shayna Baszler. And the show ends with uh, the four horsewomen holding back EO as they make her watch as Shayna stomps the elbow and you know makes it look like they dislocated uh, Kyrie's elbow. So EO is clearly going to get a push at NXT for oh, that yeah. singles match. And now Kyrie Sane, who was, you know, you could tell when they introduced her on NXT was a little emotional, you know, that it was her last match there. Uh, so cool stuff with her. And, uh, you know, I'm glad she's on the SmackDown roster t- teaming with with uh, Asuka, even though, like you said, her and EO already had a team, the Sky Pirates, although I'm sure Vince would have come up with something mm. ridiculous. Um <laughs> Back to the superstar shakeup, and the 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 thing that really agitated me. I knew it was coming, but I really was kind of hopeful. This whole tease of Vince is going to announce some big acquisition, and I was hoping it would actually be a big signing. And then he says it's Elias, and then Roman comes out, and then Roman hits Elias, and then he hits Vince. So I don't know if they're trying to make Roman into the anti-hero, beating up Vince like. Stone Cold, I don't know if that's the direction they're going now with this, but I I really wish it had been like a legitimate acquisition, like a legitimate surprise that people would have lost their mind over on SmackDown, not just Roman's going to SmackDown. Yeah, I um, also didn't like how Michael Cole in commentary just driving in how it's the biggest deal ever that Roman's on SmackDown. Like, we get it. It's a little sickening, like, kind of feel like I'm being talked down to <laughs> it's just ridiculous like just driving it home like to end the show that was absurd in fact I had fell asleep and I woke up to that and I was like this sucks <laughs> I woke up and I was like wiping rubbing my eyes and I was like this is lame well, just because he's just so over the top about it and corny and I do want to address something else that I didn't like EC3 just getting destroyed so he's called up and he's got like the opportunity to be like a great guy on the main roster but no they throw it away he's basically a jobber yeah I mean it's all it's, I mean he he's got to be like Thank God I'm getting paid, because what did I leave Impact for this for? Yeah, (laughs) well, I mean, I'm sure Impact was not nearly the same money. No, that's what I'm saying. It's all about the money. Uh, Andrade getting over to Raw. They had him beat Finn Balor, which I'm not sure I agreed with that, but hopefully Andrade is going to get a push because he's a... I just don't agree with your champion losing so soon. No. You're demeaning the belt yet again, and this is we've talked about this time and time again. They're not elevating their belts, especially the IC belt should be a prestigious belt that is valued, the champion can win. It's just, I don't like it. Well, at least Finn Balor bounced back and beat uh, Ali on SmackDown in, in what was really a terrific match, probably one of the best matches of the week. We mentioned Buddy Murphy earlier. 
Uh, if you get a chance to watch NXT from this week, the Buddy Murphy Velveteen Dream match was a fantastic match. Really good. So uh, if you want to check that out. And uh, now with Keith Lee injured, Donovan Dijakovic. <laughs> another, another name change another that bad I hate. Name, is targeting Velveteen Dream, and obviously that will be a terrific matchup if that occurs down the road. Yeah, if you guys aren't that familiar with Dijak, he's had some incredible matches. We love his stuff in PWG, and we were going to, because we thought he was finally going to have his match against Keith Lee, we were going to do a PWG Rewind, because they teamed up and they also faced each other in PWG. So not only did they work together, but they had a match against each other as well, and both were incredible. We were going to talk about that, but we're going to save it for another day. But trust us... (laughs) Whenever Keith Lee is healthy. (laughs) Yeah, trust us, it's going to be worth it. They're great matches, and I cannot wait to eventually talk about those PWG matches. Uh, One final note from this week on NXT. They did announce that Kushida will make his TV debut in two weeks. Looking forward to seeing the time splitter, which it looks like He's going to keep that gimmick because he had the orange vest when they showed him the the one time. So hopefully he's going to keep the gimmick. This one time I was at um, the New Orleans Comic Con. There was a guy walking around with like an orange vest and, you know, shorts and like and glasses. And I said, oh, my God, this is so random. Like, why is somebody cosplaying as Kushida here in New Orleans? It's not even a wrestling town. Then I, I took like a second and I was like, wait a minute. It's Back to the Future <laughs> cosplay. I'm like, I'm watching way too much wrestling. Yeah, the first m- thing I'm thinking about is Kushida and not Back to the Future. That, that may indeed be a sign. <laughs> Marty McFly is the real thing that he was trying to dress up like. But the first thing I thought of was Kushida. So just I remembered that like it was yesterday. That's funny stuff. All right, well, that's going to do it for uh, a look at the headlines. When we come back, we'll have part three of our interview with Mark Blutman. Plus, Mark Blutman will also have input into our pop and wrestling where we can't recast TV shows with wrestlers. That's when we come back on Two-Faced Wrestling Talk. St. Arnold Brewing Company, located in Houston, is Texas' oldest craft brewery. Their goal is to brew world-class beers and deliver them to their customers as fresh as possible making them the best beers in Texas and Louisiana. Their customers are beer lovers, people that appreciate great full-flavored beers. So whether you're enjoying an art car IPA or a smooth-drinking lawnmower, look for St. Arnold beers throughout Louisiana and Texas. Our Two-Faced Wrestling Talk logo was inspired by Two-Face, the Batman animated series character, and his coin. The logo was designed by the talented and creative artist Eric Hudson. Eric creates wrestling-themed pieces as well as other pop culture art. He is also currently working on a Roddy Piper comic book. You can follow him on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Dreaded Dinosaur. You can also support his work by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash dreaded dinosaur. Please check out his work. And now back to Two-Faced Wrestling Talk. So again, if you're watching us on YouTube and you're wondering where our set is, it's back in New Orleans. We're in Peachtree City, Georgia, just outside of Atlanta. As I'm uh, working the Sunbelt Conference Tennis Championship. And in our second block, we were going to do movies. And we were going to review a couple movies as this is going to be kind of an entertainment segment. It's still going to be an entertainment segment. But we're waiting on the movie thing because fighting with my family is not available yet for rental, but it's out of the movie theaters and we haven't seen it. 
So we're going to see that and the Kenny Omega movie. So somewhere down the road here very soon, we're going to do a kind of movie review discussion, uh, all wrestling related. But this week we are going to do a pop and wrestling, which, as I mentioned, is involving recasting TV shows with wrestlers. And personally, I think mine is gold. Back to the Jerry Seinfeld reference. Gold. Although that, although, Jerry although, gold. Although, although mine is not gold. It's not Seinfeld related. <laughs> no, it's not no. Seinfeld gold. But it's actually a show uh, that kind of took the uh, baton it from did. Seinfeld. So it brought NBC into its next era. It did. Yeah. It did. So uh, that's coming up. Uh, but first, we have part three of your interview with Mark Blutman. Yeah, and if you guys aren't familiar with our other parts of the interview, we ran two parts of our conversation together already in our past episodes, and I really enjoyed, enjoyed talking to him. Why does all of this have to do with wrestling? Well, Mark Blutman was the co-executive producer of Boy Meets World and also Girl Meets World, and of course, if you're a Boy Meets World fan, you know that one of the best guest stars on the series was Big Van Vader. He was on about three episodes of the show, played a character named Frankie's dad, and there's just God, his his interactions and his bits on the show were gold. He had some great gold. back and forth. That's <laughs> coming full circle. He had some great back and forth lines with Mr. Feeney, the character Mr. Feeney. It was awesome. Um, and I really recommend those episodes very highly. Mark and I talked about Vader and wrestling a lot in the first two parts of our interview. But now we're going to run the third part, which is mostly more entertaining entertainment related it's mostly about boy meets world and girl meets world so if you guys are fans of the show or if you just want to find out a little bit more about entertainment and the biz and behind the scenes information of like a popular tv show from the 90s check out this interview that i did with my good friend mark blutman wrestling thank you very much in fear not one of your punk students i'm the face of death but now I want to do a Boy Meets World lightning round really quick as well. Okay, let's do it. Favorite moment in the series that you were involved with? Um, that's a great question. Um, I would have to say the moment uh, at the end of the series where Fiend said class dismissed. Oh, I love that scene. Yeah. Powerful. Um... Yeah, I uh, I had left the show that year. Uh, I went on to do another show uh, for Warner Brothers with Tom Selleck, but I was there. I went, of course, back for that. And uh, that, you know, just chills. So that, but, you know, there was, as far as just pure fun, obviously the Vader episode at the pond was right up there. And then there was an episode called Breaking Up is really, 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 really hard to do. Yes, I wrote that one down uh, with the uh, yeah, with, with them as old men. He was invited to a, a couple's only party, and he was between, you know, he was a breakup with Topanga. He met this girl, Wendy Jansen, and went to the party with her, and then she would not leave him alone. He couldn't break up with her to the point where she was over for dinner and came downstairs talking about Amy's wedding dress. So... <laughs> That was one of my favorites. Yeah, I love that one. And then they were dressed up as old. I think that's the one they're dressed up as old men, right? Talking about the dinner that's, rolls. Okay, so that one, in fact, uh, I saw one of the tweets uh, from uh, from Aaron, Aaron Jacobs, no relation to Michael, who actually uh, is a writer who uh, worked on Girl Meets World. Um, and um, 
so he tweeted that uh, uh, the uh, the gift of uh, uh, Corey and Sean they yes. want you to take the roles. So that's that's kind of one of mine. It's on my 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 page on my bio, and uh, that's one of my favorite moments when they were old men. They want you to take the roles. What? <laughs> I and, love that. But Heather Locklear, you know, just. I love that episode. That was a, a blast. And then uh, there was an, another one that stands out for me, Kelsey. Um, we had the monkeys on the show. Oh, I remember that, actually. And so the episode was called Rave On, and it was written by Jeff Sherman, and Jeff was friends with Mickey Dolans. And uh, Mickey had done one or two episodes and had directed the show, and we said, hey, would you guys play? And they said, yeah, so we had the late Davy Jones there, we had Peter Tork there, also the late Peter Tork, it's just amazing, gosh, two of them are gone, and uh, and Mickey, so in rehearsal, it was all three of them. The fourth monkey was Mike Nesmith, who at the time did not want to, you know, play with the band again, and we couldn't, you know, convince him otherwise. Well, about an hour before we were about to start taping the episode, Mike Nesmith showed up to the studio, and he was there. And he was backstage in the green room, and Jeff Sherman was going back and forth. Michael would say, go talk to him. Get, get, get him to agree to do the show with the other three guys. Oh It'll gosh. be the biggest thing ever. If we have all four monkeys on Boy Meets World, and Jeff said, oh, I'll try. And then he'd go in and come out and say, no, he doesn't want to do it. And Michael would go, go back, go back again, go back again, go <laughs> ask him again. And Jeff went in like three or four times, um, and Mike would not do it. But we had three of the monkeys on the show, and that was really, really cool. And then also for me, I, I grew up on Happy Days. I was a huge Happy Days fan. And so uh, we did an episode where we flashed back to the 50s, and we had uh, the late Tom Bosley there who played Richie Cunningham's dad. He was in the episode, and uh, so was uh, Anton Williams who played Potsy. Oh, so that, wow. that was a thrill for me. So what is the moment that you can pinpoint that you were most proud of in the series? Um, well, can I, do you mind if I jump to Girl Meets World for that? Oh, I don't mind at all. Go ahead. <laughs> Imagine if you said, no, you can't. Um, <laughs> I would never say that. And we got into a whole fight. <laughs> so, there was an episode of Girl Meets World, um, where we, uh, dealt with Asperger. And, uh, it was very personal for me. Um, in that, uh, later in life, uh, my boys are 18 and 20. And when Liam, my older one was around, uh, I guess around 16, he was diagnosed with borderline Asperger. I mean, you wouldn't really know he doesn't have it bad, but he's got certain little things. Right. And I, you know, like a typical man, you know, would tell, uh, Kristen, my, my ex, their mother, that no, no, I don't believe in, she's wrong. And. And, and this and that, and I just, you know, I didn't want to deal or accept it. And it wasn't, again, it wasn't bad. There are so many people with children that are really heavily afflicted with autism that can't communicate, can't function. Liam has borderline Asperger. It, it, it's fine. He functions, he works, he goes to school, he's got friends, he's amazing. Um, it wasn't until I wrote an episode of Girl, and that was kind of my acceptance and my kind of love letter to, to him, and uh, it, 
was nominated for a Writers Guild Award. I, I didn't win, but I, I was nominated for a Writers Guild Award for this episode, where at first we thought Farkle had Asperger, and then it turned out that his girlfriend Smackle had it. Right. So we were one of the first sitcoms to do a show with, you know, um, an Asperger-afflicted character. And um, so, and then from that, I, you know, I started doing some volunteer work for different autism organizations, and uh, and it just became really important to me. And probably, but two weeks after it aired, I got a letter um, on social media that DM to me, and I read it, and it was from this young person that was living in Indiana, and didn't know what to do with her life, and she wasn't happy. She saw that episode packed up her stuff the next week, moved to Los Angeles, and started working with autistic children. Oh, my gosh. That's powerful. And and that's what she now does. She works with autistic kids, and it was because of that episode. Um, you know, my little love letter to my son, and so through the writing, it was cathartic for me, and it's a wonderful episode, and it was recognized by the Guild, and that was probably my proudest, you know, moment as a writer. I love that answer. That's so beautiful and definitely, I think, something to be proud of. And uh, thank you for sharing that story. I think that's really powerful. And I think people will be able to relate to it and really like to hear that. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, there's all sorts of people out there and we all have a unique role in the world and we just got to, you know, find out what our role is. Definitely, and I've so enjoyed discussing all these topics with you today. You're, like I said a little bit earlier, a fascinating guy. You've had a fascinating life, and you've had lots of things uh, in your life that have kind of crossed paths with wrestling. I, I kind of really, really admire that, that you kind of took your love and crossed it over with what you were doing as a job. And I think, right. I don't know, not everyone can do that, but I think it's really impressive that you were able to hope you get to work in the business since your passion seems to be pushing you towards that direction. How can people find you on social media to find out what you are working on and your future projects? Sure. Um, on uh, Instagram, I'm uh, at Blutman. Uh, and Twitter, I'm Blutman uh, Mark, at Blutman Mark. Great. Well, I hope people check out your Twitter and your Instagram. I, I scrolled through your Instagram. Lots of great pictures. Lots of pictures of Boar Meets World, like the cast. Just really, really fun to look at all the, the photos you've posted. Um, and one last question I wanted to get to. I didn't want to forget too many people's questions. But, um, you know, if you had to take one aspect of Boar Meets World and redo it, if you could remake something that you did back then what would you take and change um you know it's going to sound like a cop out but i don't think anything you know there was a lot of discussion at the end um if Corey and Tatiana should get married at 18 right and there was a lot of uh you know um resistance coming from abc and uh their parent Disney company and Michael Jacobs, to his credit, um, always had the vision of getting them married at the end of the series. And he said, if you don't want them married, then have us do another season, but I'm going to, we're going to 
marry him towards the end, and then they're going to live as a married couple in the dorm. And so, you know, there were discussions like that, but I wouldn't, you know, change how how it turned out. You know, we get a lot of uh, people saying, well, you know, Eric started off as a really charming guy, then he got really dumb and goofy. What was that about? And would you change that? And, you know, the answer to that is he just turned into a funny, funny young man. And we used to say... He was like a young mini Jim Carrey. I mean, he had such yes. a gift for comedy. So, so we took advantage of it. And as far as, you know, the dumbness, had he come to us and said, eh, I'm not comfortable, it's a little too dumb, a little too silly, a little too, you know, over the top, we would have, you know, made him happy. But he was constantly happy with it. And what made it work, too, is no matter how dumb, or how far we pushed the envelope with Eric, um, we gave him a heart. He had the biggest heart on the show. He did. People forget that. There's so many great little Eric moments that shows how caring of a character he was. And really, right. the comedic timing, that's the best part of the character as well. Everything about Eric right. really just worked, and he's always been one of my favorite characters. For sure, Kelsey. And, and you know, again, talking about wonderful you know, moments that stick out. Again, it was, a, it was a girl meets world thing. So basically to set something up, and of course when we did it, we didn't know we were setting it up for the future because we had no idea there would be a girl meets world, but he wanted to adopt a little boy named Tommy on Boy Meets World. Oh, yes, I remember this. And, and it was powerful when he had to say goodbye to Tommy and Tommy didn't want to go. And then on Girl Meets World, I remember we were doing an election show where Eric was running for mayor or governor or senator or something silly. And I said, I have a great idea. Let's do a thing kind of, uh, you know, like the movie Almost Famous that had the Rolling Stone reporter, da-da-da. Let's have this young political reporter that is following Eric. And Eric isn't quite sure who it is, but knows that he's someone familiar. And it turns out it's Tommy. And so, again, to be able to do something like that, that was one of the most iconic moments in Boy Meets World. And then to pay it off almost 20 years later. Wow. I mean, like I said earlier, how blessed am I? That's great storytelling right there. You guys are just amazing. You're amazing, Mark. Thank you for giving us... Uh, such great information. Thank you for being a part of a show that everyone just remembers so fondly, and it holds a special place, like I said in the beginning, especially for me. I, I really just love that show. I remember watching it during a great time in my life, and I think that's why people you know, hold on to it so much, because it reminds them of a, a more innocent time, and they could really sure. connect with it. You know, Thank you so much, Mark, for your time. Well, thank you, and uh, thank Paul, and good luck to you guys. You have a great show, and keep doing what you love. Wrestling. Thank you very much. I am fear. Not one of your punk students. I'm the face of death. So that was our final part of our three-parter series interview with Mark Blutman. I really want to thank him for his time. It meant so much to me as a fan of the show. He's just a really nice guy, interesting fellow, and he's a huge fan of wrestling, so we have a lot in common in that way. And, and he's a huge fan of our show. Well, I mean, he's a fan, yeah. <laughs> well, he, he says he uses uh, 
wrestling podcast to relax at night and uh, kind of fall off to dreamland and we put them to sleep i mean (laughs) (laughs) we help them i'm kidding yes we help them relax yes (laughs) uh and we're not done hearing from mark blutman we're gonna hear his input on our pop and wrestling which is Okay, so as Paul kind of referenced in the beginning of this segment, we wanted you guys to give us your picks of what wrestlers you would choose to recast in a TV show. And we're talking any TV show from any era. It could be literally anything. And that's what I love about these broader, um, these more broad pop and wrestling connection topics. Sometimes we do specific stuff. Like in the past, we have done TV related ones. We've done recast Star Trek The Next Generation because I'm a big Star Trek fan. Mm-hmm. We did recast the Power Rangers. But this time, we're leaving it kind of open and generic so that anybody could say anything. And that, I think, that yields the most creative answers, in my opinion. Of course, we've got some TV shows that people have uh, given us input on that we actually have not heard of yeah there's a few that like if i mispronounce something i'm sorry it's because i haven't seen it but (laughs) i'm a tv buff but i'm very particular with my tv viewing well let's start with mark uh and see his answer to uh start things off and of course you can find him at blutman mark and that's spelled b-l-u-t-m-a-n-m-a-r-k and he said i'll play and i'll do bull meets world duh (laughs) (laughs) Corey, he would he would uh, have Kenny Omega play Corey Matthews. That, to me, is so funny. I would love to hear Mark's reasoning behind that. Bailey would play Topanga. That's a wonderful choice. And here's my favorite choice of all. Matt Riddle would play Eric Matthews. That is genius because Eric becomes so kind of zany and funny and wacky, but still lovable in the later seasons. And that really reminds me of Matt Riddle. I mean, Matt Riddle had this ridiculous tweet in fact i have it on my desktop i'm gonna read it right now it's so ridiculous so this is such an eric thing matt riddle right after wrestlemania tweeted out last night after i chugged all that milk at wrestlemania i found this car so i decided to search for brock lesnar to try to fight him long story short is he left right after his match because some dude hit him in the balls maybe next year lesnar bro and it's him like in a tv stage manager golf cart backstage riddle's just like sitting in the golf cart with like a funny hilarious smirk on his face so yeah i think eric and matt riddle that goes hand in hand perfectly as we see Matt Riddle's just a hoot. <laughs> so then he said AJ Styles would play Sean. It's a hair thing. Or maybe Tyler Breeze could play Sean. Both hairstyles of both wrestlers would definitely work for Sean, the character. Um, Kevin Nash would play Harley. And Kevin Owens or Beer City Bruiser would play Frankie. And again, Vader played Frankie's dad on the show. So Frankie's a bigger guy, but he's also poetic, well-spoken. So I think those two wrestlers, either one would be perfect for Frankie. And then finally, Joey Janela would play Joey. And they call him Joey the Rat. And that, I think, is funny because Joey's a very funny, funny character. Very strange character, much like Joey Janela. So perfect choices, Mark. I love all of them. We've got a bunch of answers. Let's get to them. Uh, let's start with at KVNG Primetime. Uh, Rugrats. Well, this is one you should do since you love the Rugrats. I do. With the New Day and the Usos, maybe? I watched too much Up, Up, Down, Down. <laughs> yeah, I thought that his choice was interesting because I think the New Day would make the, the funniest Rugrats. They're so zany and funny. And just imagine them as babies having all these crazy adventures. I think that would be <laughs> hilarious. And then the same person gave another set of answers. And I've actually never seen uh, much of Martin. I've just seen a few episodes. But he said he wanted to recast the show Martin. Jimmy Uso 
so would be Martin, the main character. Naomi would be Gina. Lana would be Pam. Jay Uso would be Cole. Rusev would be Tommy. And she goes, and then uh, Prime Experience says, it was just off the cuff. Very great answer. He had some great choices. Uh, next one from at Dice Club Tease. We could definitely see the real Queen Charlotte sitting atop the Iron Throne. Yeah, I, I think we could see that. Although all of her peacock feathers would get in the way, of, uh, it'd get interspersed with the Iron Throne. Maybe it would look even better with her <laughs> it feathers. It, it would could. It would kind of yeah. frame really well against the throne. Uh, next one from at Real Michael Chow. Cast Chris Jericho in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Jericho is super funny and played a great funny cop on his Comedy Central show. Have you seen it? The Comedy of Jericho. Laugh it in, man. No, you gotta do it better than that. Laugh it in, man. Right. You can't just say it flat, man. I, I'm, I'm not sure that's better, but... It is better. Okay. I'm gonna do these next two because they're Nickelodeon related. Okay. And um, as you'll see later, I'm gonna be lazy again and play some of my old answers that we did before we joined wrestling inc but they were so good and a lot of them were nickelodeon related so i want to harken back to my old answers because we did we had a listener ask us about recasting tv shows and that's why we answered it before but uh jared he was on the same wavelength as me and he kind of did some nickelodeon themed answers too so he's at the J-R-A-D, and he said, are you afraid of the smark? And of course, that's instead of, are you afraid of the dark? That's insanely wonderful. I love it. So creative. And then this one's pretty funny. Instead of Rugrats, Ringrats? And then he said, no, dot, 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 no. And then he posted a GIF of the classic Rugrats opening, like, little uh, bubble, and it just says no. Instead of the episode title, it says no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he rethought that answer, but I still think it was funny. Uh, next one is from at Sensei underscore Dave Bear. Uh, this is one uh, we're not familiar with. The, he said he'd retool the British show Misfits and have it set in a wrestling school with Regal, Smiley, Brookside, and Balor as the coaches and mentors for the kids. Uh, at Take the Bump Pod, and he said he can't help himself, the Fresh Prince of Pretty, and he's got Tyler well, Breeze. I think it's supposed to read the Fresh Prince Pretty instead of the Fresh oh, Prince of oh, Bel-Air. Oh, the not supposed to Because he's called Prince Pretty. Oh, okay, yes, that makes sense. Okay, so the Ov's supposed, supposed yes. to be crossed out too. Okay. So the Fresh Prince Pretty. Okay. I think that's wonderful. He it is He great. photoshopped Tyler Breeze onto the Fresh Prince <laughs> yes. po- background yes. poster. Definitely worth seeing on YouTube. Uh, next one from at Paul T5 Nerds Go. I would recast Chaos as the A-Team. Oh, I love this. In particular, Okada, Ishii, Yanu, and Yoshihashi. Now, Your boy's sleepy. Or Jim Cornette in Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> that is great, too. This is like a genius answer right <laughs> but, here. But I'm trying to think which characters are which for the A-team. Ishii could be Mr. T. Ishii could be Mr. Yanu would be uh, like Murdoch because he was kind of goofy. Or was Murdoch the goofy one? Who was the goofy one? No, Murdoch was Mr. T. I never really Gosh, watched now I can't remember. I can't remember who was who. Uh, the, the leader would be Okada, which would be uh, George Papard's character. They would all ride in a van together, uh, I guess. They would ride in a van dr- together. They would uh, be involved in these horrific car accidents where everybody gets out of the car and lives. That was the most ridiculous part of the A-Team, as I remember. And that would be Chaos, which works with their staple name. <laughs> so it all works together. But it was the most ridiculous part of the A-Team. Is There would be these things where like the car would go tumbling down the cliff and and 
and hit 15 times and everybody would just crawl out of the car and be fine. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> it was ridiculous, but I used to love it. So then we've got at Raw Mopar fan. I would cast William Regal on Seinfeld. That's actually funny. <laughs> or on King of the Hill. Or both. <laughs> uh, the next one is from at Poe underscore Tater. And that's with an eight. A lot of potential options here, but I would love to see a parody TV series of The Office with Vince McMahon in the Steve Carell, Michael Scott role. Oh my God, yes, yes, that's amazing. <laughs> and WWE superstars as the rest of the employees in The Office just change the name of the show to the company. I really like that a lot. That's that's genius. Well, and you're a huge fan of The Office. So. I am. It's one of my favorite shows. At Real Wintry. Chippendale Rescue Rangers with Young Bucks being Chippendale, <laughs> Becky Lynch being Gadget, Ricochet being Zipper, and Big Show being Monterey Jack. Oh my god, I love this. Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Chippendale when there's danger. That's incredible. I love it. Especially Young Bucks being uh, Chippendale. Yeah, exactly. That is so perfect. And Becky Lynch is, if you don't know anything about Chippendale Rescue Rangers, but. Uh, I know Chippendales, but. No, not Chip and Dale's. Chip and Dale. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, Rescue Rangers. No, I'm not the Chip and Dale's dancers. But no, I know Chip and Dale. But Gadget, she has red hair in the show. She's a little mouse yeah, with red hair. Yeah, I didn't hair. see the Rescue Rangers. I'm just saying I know Chip and Dale. Yeah, I mean, because they're classic cartoon <laughs> yes, characters exactly. from like the Disney era and stuff. But yes, there was a little 90s show and it was got a great theme song all right just so you know <laughs> at badlands pod i'd like to see becky lynch and seth rollins take up the roles of weller and jane on blind spot and i don't know the show but you do <laughs> well first of all becky lynch doesn't have enough tattoos so <laughs> so that's the problem so i guess he's going with the love interest part of that but uh and they're rumored to be dating well he should see if you're gonna go blind spot you need somebody who's really tatted out like uh, Ruby Riot. Ruby Riot would see, be perfect. See, I'm going to recast right now on that. And then Kurt Weller actually speaks English on the show, but he's Australian. So you get like an Australian guy, like Buddy Murphy. So Buddy Buddy Murphy and Ruby Riot recast as as the characters in Blind Spot. There, you got two answers now. So, so let's see. Oh man, see what uh, Badlands Pod thinks of my recasting of Blind Spot. There. Hopefully, they like it. Uh, next one is from at. Lost in Your Ears, Venture Brothers, which I'm not really familiar with. Me that neither, show. actually. Not? Okay. Nope. Uh, but replacing all of the references to old Hanna-Barbera adventure series, they'd reference Luchador. So I like that. Dr. Venture would be the Bestia del Ring. Uh, Jonas Venture would be Roosh. Hank and Dean would be Dragon Lee and Mystico. Monarch would be Negro Casac... Ne Negro Casas, easy for me to say, and Dr. GF would be Dalis. Would be fun to expand from there. So going the whole lucha angle there with Venture Brothers. Uh, That's really clever. It seems like Lucha Brothers should have been in with Venture Brothers somewhere. Yeah, I know. That, that would have worked really well. You're recasting everybody's <laughs> I know, answer. I know. But it's we good. haven't even gotten to mine. Uh, next one is from at Bizarre 1000 WWE rock and wrestling cartoon with current wrestlers that well, would be fun that would be great at um, LCH Heim of course this is our good friend Lisa she says she seriously wants to see Kenny Omega on The Flash or Legends of Tomorrow he would be such a perfect fit to play a superhero on either show or he can just play himself with temporary superpowers that's a good one Lisa I like that 
our my good friend Sean, he says uh he's at Sean B Wolfpack 21. He says sister sister with the Bella twins. <laughs> that really actually works quite well. At blue underscore Ray Mysterio says Fuller House with Andresa Giant Panda not replacing anybody, just Andresa Giant Panda as a regular cast member. <laughs> I'd like to see how that would work. Another great submission by our good friends at Take the Bump Pod. He <laughs> says he couldn't help himself. Brody, King of the Hill. And if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see the wonderful Photoshop he made with Brody King's face instead of, what is it, Hank? Yes, Hank. Hank's face, yeah. It's awesome. It's so well done. I I I, love Take the Bump Pod's answers. And in fact, he was the one who asked us the question in our old episode about recasting TV shows. So shout out to you, Take the Bump Pod. I would just wonder who he would... uh cast as uh, Dopey, the Dopey Kid Bobby. Oh, that's my favorite character, though. Yeah, I wonder who could play him. That's a hard question. I have no idea. Uh, At MC Geeky Designs, Full House with Danny as the Miz, Uncle Jesse as Elias, and Uncle Joey as Dolph. Uncle Jesse is literally so perfect, and Dolph is kind of corny, so that works as Uncle Joey, too. So (laughs) that, that works really well. Next one is from At The Fans Podcast, The Goldbergs, but starring Bill Goldberg, of course, who was actually on The Goldbergs, with a family of Goldbergs. Goldberg is actually a cast member, now a coach. All weird, but yes. <laughs> yeah. I think that's perfect. That's one of my favorite shows of, of all right I now. I love that show. It's my current favorite show, and it might be in my top, like, ten of all time. I really just think it's, there's so much nostalgia and heartfelt stuff, and that, that stuff ropes me in. I'm a sucker for that. If we weren't confined here, we'd have to have you, uh, be Barry and run around. I love Barry's run so much. (laughs) It's so terrible and wonderful. Remember the 8-bit version in that video game that, um, Adam made of his family, and even his little 8-bit version of Barry had the ridiculous run. Running into the wall, oh my god. You were crying I was crying. I was laughing very hard at that. (laughs) You were. At J Mel's 1323, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Our Truth is Will, Big E as Carlton, Mark Henry as Uncle <laughs> Phil, that's perfect, Alicia Fox as Aunt Viv, Sasha as Hillary, uh, Bianca, I guess he's Bianca Bel Air, as Ashley, Xavier as Jazz, oh my god, that's so funny. Um, of course, Jazz and Will are best friends in the show, that's really awesome. Um, and for good measure, the Fink will be their butler. <laughs> That's amazing. What a great answer, Jeff. Our good friend, good guy Dave, at Dave Pazeski. I'm picking Breaking Bad, and this is one of my favorite answers of all of our submissions. It's so clever. Walter White would be recast as Jay White. (laughs) Skylar White would be recast as Velvet Sky. Jesse Pinkman would be recast as Cody. Hank is Samoa Joe. Gus would be Almas. Mike would be the cleaner, Kenny Omega, <laughs> and Saul Goodman would be Paul Heyman. So perfect. Oh, my God. I love that answer from top to bottom. So well thought out. Yeah, because especially the end, Saul Good- Goodman, uh, Paul Heyman can talk his way out of anything, yeah. as, as can Saul, as we've seen. It's literally through, perfect. Throughout the show. And, like, you know, the cleaner being Mike, that oh, makes yeah. perfect sense. Absolutely. And Samoa Joe and Hank wanted, like, being the same person. Oh my God, so perfect. It's just everything about this. And here you go, take it off. You love the X-Files. At Mr. Bagshaw, looking into the wrestling X-Files, like why did Mae Young give birth to a hand, is Alicia Fox Mulder and Marty Dana Scurley. It is so clever. Graham, you've outdone yourself. This is a perfect answer with the wordplay and with the nameplay. Oh, it's just wonderful. And naming one of my favorite shows. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. 
<laughs> I guess that counts for something. Whatevs. <laughs> so, Mr. Bagshaw's in good grace is there for that. So, okay, we're doing ours now. Do you want to play yours first? Sure, I'll so play why, mine. Why don't you explain again uh, where this is from? Because this is right before we were on Wrestling Inc. Yeah, this was like, I think maybe our 15th or 16th episode as a whole. And again, this is before we ever came onto Wrestling Inc.'s platform. So we've renumbered the episode since we went to Wrestling Inc. So although we're in our 30-something episode, it's actually a lot more than that because we did like 20 episodes before we even switched platforms. So this is from one of our old episodes that not a lot of people got to hear, and I was really happy with my original answer. So here it is right now, and it's got a lot of old-school picks. The Adventures of Pete and Pete and Pete, meaning Pete Dunn. So Pete Dunn's going to be on The Adventures of Pete and Pete, the Nickelodeon 90s TV show. And I think it'd be fun and funny to see the bruiserweight maybe go against Artie, the strongest man in the world, who would come out victorious. I don't know. I have my money on Artie, actually. <laughs> so um, I think it'd be funny if the cleaner version of Kenny Omega could be on Buffy. He always used to wear that long trench coat. Really reminds me of Spike, the character of Spike, who also wore a long trench coat. So maybe he would fit in and kick all the vampires' butts along with Buffy. Ren and Stimpy with uh, Takahashi and, of course, Daryl. And if, you know, if the question wasn't kind of geared towards current wrestlers, I would have said the Junkyard Dog. That way it could be a dog and a cat and a dog and a cat. That would have really been <laughs> made a lot of sense more so than just, because Takahashi's like a cat, Daryl's like a cat, but we need like a, the dog to go along with it. But that would be perfect, of course. Uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark with Rosemary? Another 90s kids show, but Rosemary's really creepy. Her hivelings. Maybe do a whole episode about her and how creepy that is. I'm sure there, there could be some kind of scenario they could write up. Twin Peaks with Suzuki, because I feel like Suzuki's so weird and evil, especially if you, you know, follow him on Instagram. He's evil, yet fun and crazy at the same time, and he fit in perfectly into the town of Twin Peaks, which is very weird and odd. Keenan and Kel and Big E... Because Big E would be eating pancakes while Kel was saying, Who loves orange soda? I love orange soda. I do, I do, I do, ooh. So Big E would just be throwing pancakes at him as he said that, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Schoolhouse Rock with Steiner to give you some math lessons. <laughs> uh, Growing Pains with Braun Strowman, just because the name <laughs> play. Uh, Muppet Babies. I can't really take too much credit for that because it's from a t-shirt that I own from Pro Wrestling Tees where it's literally Muppet Babies and they're all doing the Adam Cole sign and says it says Muppet Babies. So that would obviously work, of course. Broken Matt on Third Rock from the Sun because he's kind of like Alien-like. I mean, he takes a lot of his powers from the seven deities and he uh, has had a long life his soul, you know, is so old, his vessel is new, but he would fit in perfectly because the vessels of Third Rock from the Sun characters are also new since they're actually aliens. So this would work out perfectly. Just shoot me with Omega, you know, goodbye and good night. Bang. Mm -hmm. It's just a stupid wordplay. The King of Queens, also with Suzuki because he's called the King. Uh, golden Lovers on Golden Girls. <laughs> <laughs> More wordplay. And of course, Bianca Belair. On the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, because of the name. And that's it. I know it's long, <laughs> but I think they were worth it.
So in a shocking development, a lot of your answers are Nickelodeon related. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Who knew? Actually, everyone knows that I love 90s Nick. And I actually did a Kelsey Likes episode about 90s Nick. That was my first episode. And you can find that on my YouTube channel, Super Kicking It with Kelsey, K-E-L-S-I. And I really like how it turned out in terms of I covered a lot of content. I mean, I could do multiple parts still. I didn't cover everything I wanted to. There's so much info, but I'm a sucker for nostalgia, you know? Yes, you are. Well, speaking of nostalgia, one of my favorite shows uh, from 80s, 90s era is uh, Cheers. Uh, One of the great shows on television. And I think my answers, no disrespect to all of our listeners, I think my answers are really good. I uh, came up with these on the six and a half hour drive over to Atlanta yesterday, or Peachtree City to be specific. So here is uh, my Cheers characters. Go ahead. Sam Malone is going to be Ric Flair. Because oh Sam, my God. Because Sam Malone lived in the past, always talked about his conquests and all. Womanizer. Yes, all his past history. He had the captive audience at the bar. So Sam Malone is Ric Flair. Obviously, if you're going to have a show at a bar, Beer City Bruiser is going to be there. So Norm yes, is definitely. Beer City Bruiser. That's that's easy. This one, you're going to love. So Cliff Clavin always spouted all kinds of little facts and kind of was nerdy, sort of, I guess you could say. Cliff Clavin, Kevin Kelly. Really? That's amazing. Because he always drops all kinds of little tidbits all the time. So Wasn't he a mailman on the show? He was a mailman. You know, that's the voice of the pig, the piggy bank in Toy Story, in case everybody doesn't know. Same voice. I did not know that. Yep. I believe. I think I'm right. So Diane, which was the first of the two managers, played by Shelley Long, I've got her as Alexa Bliss. Wow. Because Diane kind of had this attitude that she was better than everybody, which of course Alexa Bliss is the queen, or I'm sorry, the uh, goddess, the goddess. Yes, yes. So... So Alexa Bliss, kind of prissy, so was Diane, so Alexa Bliss is Diane. That's a good one. All right, Woody. Always kind of said kind of dopey things all the time, right? Of course, that's played by Woody Harrelson. Right. Well, Woody, played by R-Truth, who always says all kinds of dopey stuff, too. Oh, my gosh, I guess. And mixes things up all the time. Somehow that would work. (laughs) Uh, Carla. All right, so Carla, it was kind of the mouthy kept people in line waitress i had two choices on this i initially had becky lynch because she's kind of got a sharp tongue but i'm going with charlotte flair because she's had a sharp tongue as a heel lately and it makes sense because sam malone always kind of took carla kind of looked out for her well obviously rick flair would look out for charlotte of course so carla is charlotte and then finally as you remember Shelly Long left the show, mm-hmm. and in came Kirstie Alley I love as Kirstie Rebecca. Alley. I love her so much. Well, Rebecca played, and Rebecca didn't take any grief, right? She was kind of a, a hard-ass. Oh, yeah. She was very independent, very... Independent, hard-ass boss. Yes, yes. Stephanie McMahon. Yes! God, perfect picks. I gotta say, you're right. They are great. I mean, I'm, I was driving over yesterday. I'm like, these are all gold. <laughs> I like the Kevin Kelly the Ke- I knew casting lo- the best. I knew you'd love the Kevin Kelly because I'm like, all right, who kind of drops little facts? Because I was trying to think who had like a postman gimmick 
in nobody WWE, really but nobody did. really did. And then I was like, oh, wait, Kevin Kelly's always dropping little facts. That's Cliff Clavin. It's perfect. You God, know, I love it. But who, you know, Kramer. Not Kramer, I'm sorry, Frazier. <laughs> I got Seinfeld on the brain. And actually, the funny thing is, is Frazier beat out Seinfeld for best sitcom multiple years. Uh, I think Seinfeld only won against Frazier one year, and then the rest, Frazier won. You know, it's funny, sitcom. I forgot about Frazier. Because he, he was there a lot. That's true. And, you know, obviously, if people don't know, Frazier was a spinoff from Cheers. Right. I, Gosh, I completely forgot about his character. Yeah, who would be uh, Frazier? Who is going to be kind of the know-it-all now, remember, his character's a little different when he's on Cheers than later when he was on Frasier. Yeah, but he still was analyzing everybody, so who kind of analyzes everybody? Don't you think he was more of a sad sack on Cheers? Yeah, kind of, like, bit. more depressing. A little bit. Well, all right, so... Who? I was a little incomplete. I don't know. I, I don't have I don't have anybody that's a... If you guys got any well, ideas you know on who could be Frasier... You know... Can't who, believe I said Kramer. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. You know what? They did have a therapist on WWE who uh, worked on uh, Kane and Daniel Bryan. So who and Sasha Banks? Yeah. So whatever that really? therapist's name is, he'll be Fraser Crane. <laughs> that's so random. He's I, like not even a main guy. I know, but that's he's just a random dude. You threw threw me a curveball because I forgot about Fraser. So well, maybe if you can think of something later, you could tweet it out or something. Yeah, maybe. So, or you guys can tell us who you'd cast. Regardless, that's fine. much like the rain outside now, you've rained on my parade of this. Gold that no, I put together. I was just wondering if you could think me of that something. I forgot a character. Frazier is a great character because I mean, it became one of the greatest spinoffs maybe ever because it was so successful. Yeah, I hate that show though. I don't really like it either. My dad <laughs> loved it though. I guess Go I, figure. I guess I wasn't smart enough for Snoopy. I wasn't for smart enough either, so don't worry. I mean, I think Seinfeld should have beat it every year. In the, uh, in the uh, Emmys. I would completely agree with yeah. that. Yeah. Well, anyway, we've had a really good time talking about all this entertainment stuff with you guys. And a little wrestling, too, because in our first block we did talk WWE. And a little bit about the shakeup. But hopefully next week we'll have a lot more wrestling stuff to dive into. Because, you know, it was like a light week, but I think we needed this light week after the insane two-hour podcast we recorded at like 5 a.m. about our <laughs> WrestleMania experience last week. Right. So, so we needed something light. So I, I agree. Thank you guys for hanging with us, even though it was a lighter show. I think it's a fun show nonetheless, and we always have fun when we talk wrestling with you, and we thank you so much for giving your time to us every week and letting us talk wrestling with you. We really appreciate it. But that's it for us. That's the finish. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.